Hello, Triangle Community Church. It's a pleasure to be with you in cyberspace. My name is Rick Thomas. I'm a friend of Dan Clement, and we had been talking uh, several months ago about me coming up and doing a men's meeting this fall. And part of what Dan wanted to do is to have me come and my family, and we speak to you all on a Sunday morning, and it was great. So we make our plans, but God orders our steps. And so since the first time that I I talked with Dan. Things have changed dramatically, as you very well know. And so what we're doing now is he asked if I would just go ahead and present a sermon to you all that you can play on this Thursday evening. And then God willing, we'll be up on Sunday so that we can speak face to face. But one of the things that Dan asked me to do is that I would just share my testimony. Now, this is not something that, honestly, that I have ever done, but maybe once or twice in my life. Typically, I, I preach sermons, I have teaching lessons, but I did want to honor Dan and also understand that many of you do not know me, and so it made perfect sense uh, for me to share my testimony with you. And so I'm going to do that, and I trust that the narrative that God has written into my life will not only benefit you, but it will give you a lot of insight into why I do what I do and the passion that God has given me to to work specifically uh, within Christianity in the area of sanctification. And so I have spent the last quarter of a century doing biblical counseling. I have received my master's from the Master's University in Santa Clarita, California, uh, back in the late 1990s. And I've been doing biblical counseling for a long time now. We have a training ministry where we train people to do biblical counseling. And a part of the ministry is not just training, but also public speaking. And so we go from church to church and, and that type of thing. And so that's why Dan asked me to come up. And so what I want to do to introduce myself is I just want to share some snippets of my past. And again, it will explain to you, lay out, I trust very clearly as to why I, I do what I do. So thank you. I'm so glad to be here, even though it is in cyberspace. All right, so let me jump into my personal testimony, and I'm going to divide this up into three sections, and so I call this my three families. I have had three families uh, in my life, and I want to introduce those three families to you in the sequential order in which God has allowed them in my life. First of all, I was born uh, into a specific family. The family that God uh, allowed me to be born into was a, a home where there was an alcoholic abusive father. And so my upbringing, literally, well, the first 19 years of my life, my dad uh, passed away when he was 19. So for nearly two decades, I was brought up within an abusive alcoholic culture. My dad and mom, they were married at 18 and 15. She was 15 years old. And then by the time she was 22 years old, she had five boys and I was number four. And so as you might imagine, a, a couple that really did not have a biblical template for how to rear children, all of a sudden they had five boys on their hands. And so we were a rambunctious a group of kids, and and we really, uh, the only way that I can describe my childhood experience is as traumatic 
uh, uh, traumatic and dysfunctional. Uh, there were so many issues, there was so much alcohol, there was so much violence, and, and we grew up, and my mother had us in church, and so we went to church, but church was not a, a thing in our lives. And to be quite honest with you, that church was just another avenue for us to acquire marijuana, as staggering as that may be for some of you to comprehend, but that is the environment, the darkness of the environment in which I was reared. And so no matter where we went or what the context was, darkness just hovered over our family. By the time I was 15 years of age, I was in jail. Uh, I was arrested. I spent five days in jail, and it was one of the not just most dramatic but one of the best things that God has ever permitted to happen to me because that was a, that was a turning point in my life. Uh, because I was child number four, uh, there was a clear path that was laid out before me as I watched my brothers and the life choices that they were making and where those choices were leading them. By the time I was 15, I had an older brother in prison, and I had another brother who was heading in that direction. And so in God's mercy to me, I was arrested. I was in uh, a solitary confinement for five days for what I had done. I'd broken into a place and I stole some things. But it was during that time that I realized that not just seeing the path that was laid out before me, but realized that I am on that path. But I did not know God, and so I really had no other recourse but to turn over a new leaf. And I had done that several times in my life, and so I began to clean up my behavior. I stopped doing drugs at that time. I stopped cursing, and my hair used to be down to here, which I would like to have some of it back now. But I began to cut my hair and, and doing all of these reformative type things. I did not become a Christian until I was 25 years old, but 10 years earlier, sitting in jail, I did decide that I'm going to make a change in my life. And eventually God led me to the cross where he regenerated me by uh, the power of his word. And I'm very thankful for that. And I'll speak to that in just a moment. As far as my older brothers and that path that they were going down, my oldest brother, he did go to prison. Uh, as I mentioned, and he spent virtually all of his adult life in prison, and then later he was murdered uh, just before his 32nd birthday. My second brother, uh, he went to prison as well, and then uh, he was also murdered uh, when he was 40 years old, and so it was 10 years after my first brother was murdered. And so as you can see, the, the life choices that we make uh, they may appear to be innocuous in the moment as though they have no impact on our lives, but yet the accumulative effect of wrong choices do lead to what could be uh, drastic outcomes. Now, the opposite of that is also true, uh, making the right choices uh, step by step. And even uh, if, if we don't really believe that this can turn out well for us uh, as we follow the Lord and make the right decisions step by step, moment by moment, well, the accumulative effect of that can be dramatically positive. And so my brothers started making those steps. And of course, for two of them, it led to their early deaths. 
And then my brother number three, well, he went to the military when he was 17 years old. He joined the army, and that really just put him in another climate, another culture, another context to where yeah, he stayed out of trouble, which was a, a very good thing. Of course, I was in jail. I got out. I began to reform my life. I, I started working where teenagers normally work in hamburger joints and so forth and so on. By the time I was 19, I got married, and this is my second family. So now I have, I have left home, and I have a wife, and within a few years, we had uh, two children, and so from 19 to 25, we were an unchristian family, just trying to live out our unchristian lives, which means we're in the South, and so we were some, somewhat moral. Uh, we didn't do bad things. We were just good people, but we were good people without Christ. Through a series of circumstances at a machine shop where I was working at that time, it was 1984, uh, the Lord, well, we just had this conversation with a group of my friends who uh, were good Christian people, or at least by profession, but we had a discussion and we had multiple discussions about religion. And part of those discussions, well, it turned to me and, and through a series of circumstances, I began to realize that I was not a Christian. And so I went in search of of trying to figure out what this means. And in God's mercy to me, again, He, he led me to a place where I began to understand that uh, I was a sinner and I was bound for hell and that I needed Him in my life, not just to save me from hell, but I needed, I needed a Savior. I needed a new type of life. Now, I didn't understand the language. I didn't understand anything about Christianity, and so I just took those very basic steps, and I asked the Lord to regenerate me, and I did not use that language at all. I'm not honestly sure what I said, but I asked However I said it, I, I asked God to make me a Christian or that I could be born again. But anyhow, uh, after that, I, I started reading my Bible, and it was really amazing for the first time in my life. And as I learned later, the Bible is, is like a mirror where you can just see yourself so clearly. And the Bible made sense to me. It, it really did. And we eventually made our way to a Baptist church. Uh, I am from North Carolina, a little town outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And in that particular area of the country, everybody is some form of Baptist for the most part. And so I ended up in a, a fundamentalist, independent Baptist church. And the reason that I did, is the most compelling reason, is that they were very emotional about their faith, which made sense to me from an intuitive perspective. It seemed like that if, if Christianity is real, there should be some kind of emotion or passion or excitement. Even for the passive, quiet people, there should be at least this internal uh, excitement about this idea of being a Christian. And some of those people were more emotional, which, uh, and it wasn't inappropriate at all, uh, but it seemed authentic, and I'm sure that it was, but I found that to be compelling. 
You have to understand that I did not know John 3.16 when God regenerated me, and so I had no culture as far as a Christian culture. I had no categories whatsoever. I had no way of understanding how to find a church and the differences in all the stuff that I know now. And so I was looking at some very basic criteria, which uh, part, of the, part of that was the enthusiasm that this group had uh, about their faith. And not only that, they love talking about God, they love talking about the Bible. And so I found that very compelling. And so we entered into a fundamentalist, independent Baptist culture, and we lived that way. And then within uh, a couple of, well, actually less than a year, uh, they told me that God had called me uh, to the ministry, that God had called me to preach. And so we moved to Greenville, South Carolina to go to a Bible college so that I could get training. And again, uh, not having context or really understanding of, of all that I was doing, but very obedient and very loyal uh, and, and loved God sincerely, uh, but ignorantly ignorant in a lot of ways. And so we ended up in Greenville, South Carolina, which is where I am right now. It's where I have been living since 19, uh, 1986. Well, within a couple of years of being in Greenville, our marriage just, just blew apart. Uh, there were some very bad things that happened. There, there was, I'll just say, unfaithfulness uh, involved among other things. And my wife left for a, another man and Eventually, we ended up divorced, ended up divorced with two children within a religious culture that did not have a paradigm uh, for a person like me. And as I began to explore how to get help and, and how can I work through the issues that have come into my life, it, it became quite evident that they had no answer uh, for what was wrong with me, for the issues that were going on. In fact, I asked the dean of our Bible college, uh, how come you all are not speaking into my life and helping me to walk through uh, what is going on uh, in my life and in my family? And I, he said, well, Rick, he said it this way, Brother Thomas, uh, you did not uh, break your arm. And what he meant by that, and he was very sincere, he was very honest, is what he meant is that we do not know uh, what to do with you. If you had broken your arm, broken your leg, if you had some sickness of some sort, we would know how to come alongside you and to walk you through uh, to recuperate and to rehabilitate through the problem. But what you are going through, we just don't know how to help you. And so I spent almost 10 years of my life very much alone and very much trying to figure out not just what was wrong with me, but how to live in this new life that I have. And so now we're in my second family. It's also a second period of my life. And this second period went from the time that God regenerated me at 25, or maybe you could say from the time that I was married at 19, regenerated at 25, till about 40 years of age is when I started a, a third season of my life. In fact, my life has been pretty much in 20 year, 20 year segments. I am 61 years old now, and so maybe I'm starting my my fourth season of my life. I hope it's a continuation of what I've been doing for the last couple of decades. But during this season was a very dark time. And part of the struggle that I had was just 
unbelievable anger uh, toward God because in my mind, uh, I thought that when I came to God, He regenerates me and He places me on a path of going and making disciples, loving God and loving others. And, and there's a certain expectation that I had in my mind of what my life was going to be like. Now, what I did not understand is what Paul teaches very plainly in Philippians 1.29. He says, It has been granted to you on the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. Well, I understood salvation, that it has been granted to me to be saved, and God regenerated me. But what I did not understand is that it was granted to me also to suffer. And so every Christian at their new birth receives two gifts, of Philippians 1.29. And so God gave me the gift of salvation, and He was giving me the gift of suffering. I did not have a robust understanding, a sound theology of suffering. And so when I came into Christianity, I came in quite naive. God, in His mercy to me, gave me this gift, which I can say now, but I did not think about it that way, this way back then. But God took this second season of my life with my second family and He began to teach me a sound theology of suffering and what it means to be uh, a, a Christian in His fallen world. And now I look back on it and I see that as God's mercy to me because what I could not see at that time is that God was setting me up for the rest of my life, which is my, my third family, the, the, the third season of my life. And so I'm giving you a really a rock skipping across the pond review as far as my testimony is concerned. But I want you to understand that God did not just show up in my life in regeneration. In Jeremiah 1, 5, it says, Before I formed you, I knew you. I called you to be a prophet to the nations. Omniscient God stands outside of time, and He, he sees us. And so He knew that I was going to be born. He knew that I was going to be brought into this dysfunctional family, that I would live about 20 years there. He knew that I would have a, another family and that it was going to go kaput and there would be problems there. He knew those things because He is omniscient and I had to work those things out in my mind that, God, if this is the script that you are writing, help me to understand the purposes of it all. And, and this second season of my life uh, specifically between 25 and, say, 35 years of age, was absolutely traumatic. I have written a book on it, an autobiographical book of sorts, as I, I weave my story through the journey of Job. Uh, that book is called Suffering Well, uh, and you can read that book if you, if you want, but, and it tells some of the stories and some of the things that I've worked through, and maybe it will be a benefit to some of you. Well, in 1994, the Lord introduced me to a person. My wife had my ex-wife. She divorced, she remarried, divorced and remarried again. And, and by that time, there was really no hope for our marriage. And so I eventually, the Lord led me to Lucia, who is my wife. And we were married in 1997. And, 
and the Lord gave us children and then a ministry and of course what I do now. And so this is the third family. This is my third family, the third season uh, in my life. And so the pastor who said, we do not know what to do with you because you did not break your arm, that was really one of those transitional points in my life. And I began to realize, well, I understand. You do not know what to do with me. And I do not know what to do with me because I don't have a category for what I'm going through as well. And so I don't criticize him. I'm not being judgmental toward him. I actually appreciate his honesty. He was being very forthright, direct. We don't know how to help you. But that, that set a course for my life because I knew that I needed help but I was a blind man walking through this world. I had no idea how to find it. Well, through a series of circumstances, the Lord led me to biblical counseling and then eventually led me to Santa Clarita, California, where I received my master's in biblical counseling. I uh, was on staff at a local church, built a counseling ministry at that church. It's the church that we attend today. I don't, I'm not part of the counseling ministry any longer. We have our own thing, but started that counseling ministry back in the late 90s. Later, I went into the pastorate. I pastored for five years. And then in 2008, just having a, just this deep desire to help people in their sanctification, I didn't want to pastor uh, because it's such a broad responsibility. I, I commend pastors and, and what God has called them to do, and they wear so many hats, and I have such high respect uh, for pastors, but I really wanted to focus in a singular fashion in this area of sanctification because God has given me uh, these gifts. He's given me the gift of a dysfunctional family for about 20 years, and then he gave me this gift in my, my second season uh, of my life of working through all, the, all of the complexity there. And so I wanted to take all of that and, and if he would be so pleased to use it for his fame and for the benefit of the body of Christ. And so in 2008, Lucia and I just really, we were praying through this. It's like... Uh, what would be the best use of my skill set, these gifts that God has given, the, the narrative that he's writing into my life, what would be the best use of it. And, and my heart is really in this area of sanctification. And so we, we took the risk and we stepped out in faith and, and started this ministry having really no idea as to where it would go. And so we, we made our plans, God ordered our steps, and so I, I began counseling full-time at that time. Of course, it started to grow, and, and then people were wanting training, and so now I'm counseling, and I'm, I'm training, and so basically I had two full-time jobs. In 2015, I pretty much stopped the counseling side of what I do and, and started working specifically with local churches, helping them build counseling ministries, also train uh, people, individuals within local churches. We have a very high view of the local church and we see the local church uh, as a context, just the, the, the second primary context that God uses uh, to help His children. The primary context, of course, is your family. 
your, your marriage, your family, that is the primary context where change happens, but then the local church is an extension. It is the accumulation of many families, and so we work helping individuals in like this men's retreat that's coming up here in a few weeks, wanting to work with these men to, to just walk through and, and try to have a better understanding of what it may, means to be a man in God's world, what it means to be a husband, what it means to be a parent, what it means to be a disciple maker within the local church. And then we work with local churches, which is like what we're doing right now, wanting to just give hope, wanting to envision, wanting to help very practically. And so that's pretty much the three segments uh, of my life, these three different families. Now, if you are here on Sunday and you would like to ask any questions uh, about anything that I've said, I would love to engage you about any of this. You're welcome to ask me absolutely any question. By the way, we do have a free community forum on our website, and so you can jump on our website at any time. We are a 24-7 shop, and it's free. We give our resources away. We have hundreds upon hundreds of articles. We have well over a 1,000, getting close to 1,500 podcasts. We have hundreds of videos, a YouTube channel, etc. And so we have a lot of resources. We give them away. We just want people to get their hands on them. But we also don't want to be just a monologue ministry where I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I have a counselor's heart, and counseling is a dialogue ministry where we are engaging. And so while we do throw a lot of resources out to, to the Christian culture, it is monologue because it's me communicating through writing, through uh, podcasting, through uh, video or even public speaking in a real uh, real time and space venue, but we also want to engage. And so if you have any questions about anything that I've said here, or maybe you have a question about something else, it's a free community forum. We have folks that underwrite our ministry, they donate to it, and so it releases us to be able to provide all of this uh, to other people. And so my passion is because of these very specific, sometimes traumatic events that the Lord has brought into my life, it has just given me a, a strong desire to want to help people, whether it's men, like at a men's ministry, a marriage retreat, a biblical counseling conference, or whatever it is, we want to serve you. So I'm looking forward to seeing many of you on Sunday. I hope to be able to engage some of you uh, online with whatever questions that you may have pertaining to this or something else. Wives, pray for your husband, uh, husbands, and uh, encourage them to come to this uh, men's retreat. It will be a really a fantastic time because the way that I normally uh, do my conferencing is there are dedicated speaking times where I'm speaking monologue, uh, but also we set up times for dialogue. And so we will have, uh, the men will have opportunities to meet with me privately one-on-one -on -one, to talk about whatever it is that's going on in their lives. And so wives, you pray for your husbands, encourage them, set aside their, block that calendar time out, uh, set aside any distractions that could come up on those par particular days. 
and do what you can to get them there. Men, uh, step up, come uh, to the conference. Also, uh, some of you have been going through my book, uh, Change Me, uh, The Ultimate Life Change Handbook. This is, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to be self-promoting here, but I mean, if, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't write it. So maybe I could just say it that way. Uh, God has used this book in a lot of people's lives. And what this book is, is that it is the process of change from beginning to end. And so uh, if you haven't read it, I would encourage you to read it. Uh, there is a ton of information here. There are a lot of you know, graphics uh, in the book. There's a lot of things here that's very beneficial. And so this would give you, this is our best resource on how to change. And so I took our best resources, I brought them into one edition, and we call it Change Me, the Ultimate Life Change uh, Handbook. If you don't have the book, maybe you would want to get it. We also have the, the other book uh, that I mentioned, Suffering Well. It's this book here, How to Steward God's Most Feared Blessing. Job said in 325, the thing that I have feared has come upon me. This is the thing that we fear. The thing that we fear is suffering, and we have two options. We can suffer well or we can suffer unwell. And so we have to choose. But unfortunately, and I've done both of these. I have suffered very poorly, and then I'm learning to suffer well. And so again, this is an autobiographical study through the book of Job as I share some of the things that God taught me over 30 years ago. Thank you so much for listening, enduring to the end. I hope to see you Sunday. Dan Clement, thank you so much for allowing me to come and, and be a part of what God is doing at Triangle Community Church. God God bless. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.